0: this conference is part two of a two-part series
1: what follows is message four or five of the spring 2014 college conference recorded saturday march 1st 2014 in latham springs texas conference title is life and building revealed in the gospel of john part two message title is life's Dwelling for the building of god's habitation okay praise the lord Amen. such a glorious weekend Let's get away from everything and come to the Lord's Word and to His presence. Did you enjoy those songs we sang? Especially the love song to the Lord, just beholding the Lord and enjoying the Lord. We thank Him we could all be together and be in His Word. So we'll come to the next message, which, uh, if you go to the table of contents, uh, that's on the very beginning. Uh, Last night we started with the need of the thirsty, that's message one. Then we went to the need of the blind, and you gave that message. Y'all did a good job. The cluster I was in and the company I was in, I really enjoyed your sharing. Did you enjoy the other students sharing? Uh, That's awesome. And then this afternoon we saw those under the bondage of sin, life setting free. So tonight we'll go on to message four which is life's indwelling. Now, uh, if you turn to page 28, that's where we are. So remember, this conference is part two of a a line that John picks up, and it's on the front page of your, your outlines. What's it called? life and building. So John specializes in life and building and this is a theme of his gospel. So we've seen being seeing life and when we say life, we just want to make sure you're tracking here. We're talking about who? Christ, Jesus Christ. So it's just another word for Christ. So you could say Christ, Jesus Christ indwelling. And then we talk about the building what are we talking about? Yeah. Talking about God's house, which we'll see is the church. I'll need a few of you to get a verse. Let me give you a few verses. Who has their Bible out? Not to read at the moment, but we'll get to it. If someone want to take um, uh, John? Who, who can help me with verses? Kyle, 216. And what's your name? Matt, Matt, can you take John 2, 19 through 21? And then, you got a Bible there? Good. Why don't you take 1 Timothy 3, 15, when I I call you. Okay, so life indwelling, Christ indwelling for the building of God's habitation. Okay, so before we go to John, I'd like to point out a few verses in Isaiah, and let's read number 1. Ready? Go. Okay, the dwelling place, we're going to be talking about his dwelling place. Uh, He wants to have as a group of people into whom he can enter. And then Isaiah, read the first verse, Isaiah 66, 1. Okay, come on up, read. This says Jehovah. Heaven is my throne. You're be God. Heaven is my throne. You know, we, he sits on the throne. His throne's eternal. And he rules the whole universe. He always has, he always will. In the heavens. Heavens is where his throne dwells. And the earth. is his footstool. You got the heavens for his throne. The earth is the footstool. Then he's asking a question. Where then is the house that you will build for me? Obviously, he's not it's not in heaven because that's where his throne is, and he's got that covered. Uh, the earth is his footstool. So he's asking I got my throne, I got my footstool, where's my house? I'm not at home. It says, where's my house that you would build for me? And where's the place of my rest? This isn't my rest. My feet feel comfortable, but it's not my real rest. Question, okay, what would you answer? Question, the Lord's asking a question. Heaven's my throne, earth's my footstool. Where's the house you're going to build for me and where's my rest? What are you saying back there? Oh, Okay, let's read verse 2. For all these things my hand has made, and so all these things have come into being, declares Jehovah. But to this kind of man will I look, to him who is poor and of a contrite spirit and who trembles at my word. Okay, these things my hands have made. Heavens and the earth, I did a good job. Very good. All these things have come into being, declares Jehovah. But to this kind of I want you to circle man. Concerning where is my house and where's my rest? Where is the man? This kind of man will I look. To him who is poor. It's kind of emptied out. And if you read Matthew 5.3, the poor in spirit are the empty, the unloaded. The contrite means to feel or show sorrow or remorse for sin or shortcoming. This kind of a man who is of a contrite spirit, repentant, and trembles at my word. He respects my word. He reveres my word. This kind of man, for the building of my house, I will look. So, look, look, God, not the heaven for your house, not the earth for your house, but look at these, 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 these students from Lubbock. <laughs> How about it, Reed? Sounds good? Okay, that's what your word says. Okay, great, Reed, thanks. <laughs> okay, so you got the point that uh, heavens are great and earth is great, but uh, man... Is the key you, me? Okay. Now let's look at John, and I want to just give a little background. You know, we've seen a lot in John, the first half of the Lord coming. Actually, Mike did a great job last night. You got a great chart in your booklet. I like to spend time reviewing it, but I'm afraid we'll lose our time. Uh, the 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 bridge of time from eternity past to eternity future. Y'all remember those points? We're traveling through. And so, one is a great uh, introduction to life, and ending up in a building. And then we see nine different cases how life meets man's every need. Different kind of people. We all are different. We all have different needs. Actually, these needs are in all of us. All these needs are in all of us. We're sinful. We're blind. Uh, we're impotent. We're hungry. We're thirsty. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here. What are you doing here? You're student, college students. You went away to the Latham Springs to be packed in these little dorms and sit in these little chairs and listen to these old men talk to you? What's wrong with you? Because you're not satisfied. You may have a 4.0. It doesn't satisfy. You may have been the valedictorian. It doesn't satisfy. You may be the, the, the uh, cheerleader. You may be the football star. You may be the quarterback. But you know what? It doesn't satisfy. That's why you're here tonight. And Lord, the Lord can meet all the deep needs of man. Our real need is him. We're talking about a person this weekend, a very sweet person. So John loved this person, and he's recording this person's activity, how he meets every man's need. And then in chapter 13, 12, there's this miniature of the, of the of church life where they're in the house, loving the Lord, pouring out Mary's pouring out her ointment on his feet, His head anointing him, loving the Lord. There's a fragrance that fills the house because the lovers are there. They're serving, they're loving, they're testifying of the Lord's resurrection life. It's a very sweet environment. And this was six days before he was going to be crucified. He'd been with them three and a half years. And now we're down to the final days and final hours. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to get down to the last discussion he had. Uh, in chapter 13, there's the, the, we're on the last day here, the eve of his crucifixion. And he is uh, full of feeling, and he wants to share with them a, uh, a, a great revelation and prepare them for what's coming. And they're not too sure what's going on. Uh, so he... At the Last Supper, he washes their feet, uh, which is very symbolic of maintaining the fellowship with the Lord. And then he begins to speak to them in chapter 14. And he starts out with, don't let your heart be troubled. And the reason he says that is that at the end of chapter 13, John 13, and this is verse uh, 33, He says, little children, I'm still with you a little while. You will seek me, and even as I I said to the Jews, and Mike covered that uh, back in the chapter he covered, where I am going, you cannot come. Now I say to you also. Okay, so here they are. And there's, at this point, there's only 11 of them. Judas had just uh, left to betray him. And so, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, right here. So, there were only eleven people that got in on this sweet fellowship at the end of the Lord's life. And, you know, people's last words are usually the fruit of their wisdom and their life and their energy. And so, a lot, a lot of times, those are very significant words. Well, here they are. And one of these eleven was. John. John was there. And so John recorded this conversation. And he reported it about 50 years after that happened. Probably there was some fellowship about this, but it didn't become written until later. So praise the Lord, John was in that gathering, and he wrote to us what the Lord was speaking in the final hours of his life. After three and a half years of being with them, teaching them, uh, adjusting them, healing people, he comes down to the last hour or so. So this is a very precious, sweet section. We're going to read through most of it and point out some things. And then uh, after that, they... They go, he, he prays, we'll cover that in the morning, and then they head for the garden of Gethsemane, and that's where he's betrayed. So this is the last uh, time he's speaking with them. You got the scene? It's a little bit mysterious what he talks about, but this is, he's getting, uh, he's sharing his heart to them. Okay, so that's why he says, don't, well, let me finish this. So Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? We've been with you three and a half years. They had just come into Jerusalem, and they thought that he was going to be taking his position as king. In fact, they the, all the people laid the palm branches, said, "King of the Jews." So they were expecting that the kingdom was coming that very hour, and that. They would be his cabinet. They were probably expecting, you know, whenever a new administration comes in, you're going to appoint the cabinet of you're going to be this, you're going to be Secretary of State, you're going to be Secretary of this, blah, blah, blah. So they were already thinking, now, let's see, what are you going to do, what are you going to do? So in their minds, the king was coming, this is the Christ. He's going to set up his eternal kingdom in Jerusalem, and we're going to be the guys. But then he says, I'm going away. Wait a minute. No, no. No, no, this is your hour to become the king. We know who you are. And now all the people are going to know who you are. But he says, no, I'm going to leave you. And Simon Peter says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I go, you cannot follow me now. Oh, no. But you will follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can't I follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. Jesus said, will you lay down your life for me? Truly, truly, I say to you, shall by no means crow until you deny me three times. So you can see the feeling. They've been with him. They've loved him. Even John was the one who reclined on his breast. (laughs) They were just in love with this person. And this person was loving them. What do you mean you're going to leave us? Why? Where are you going? Why can't we come? Tell us. Their heart is troubled. They're, they're, it's, a, it's a shock to the system. Like, we don't get it. So he starts out this chapter with do not let your heart be troubled. You see the context? Believe into me, or believe into, let's read it. Hold on, go. Okay, then then he starts to talk about his father's house, or many abodes. Maybe your translation says mansions. Uh, The word is actually better translated abodes. It's the same word. If you look down at verse 23, it says um, at the end of that verse, we will come to him and make an abode with him, an abode. So abode is a place where you dwell. It's where you live. It's a home, a resident. That's what this word is. In my father's house, there are many abodes. So we want to see what the father's house is. And John's already talked to us about the father's house. If you go back to chapter 2, and who had 216? Kyle, why don't you to read that loudly? Okay, so to these selling doves, he says, uh, he was in Jerusalem, he was in the temple, right? That's the temple. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. So at that point, in the Old Testament, that was where his house was. And then who had the next set of verses? Is it Nathan or Matt? Matt, okay, Matt, why don't you stand up and read these loudly. So now, he was speaking about the temple of his body. Okay, so now, when the Lord Jesus came, the first half of John is talking about God coming into man. So now, where's the Father's house? Old Testament, it was here in the physical temple. Where is it in the, when the Lord Jesus came in the New Testament? Come up again, Reed. You'll be, Jesus, the Father's house, where did the Father dwell? Right here, inside this man. This is the Father's house. That's where the the Father's dwelling. No longer in a physical structure, but in him. And then if you read Timothy, thank you. Did you have that? Okay, go ahead. Okay, in the church, which is God's house or household, the church. So here we are. You'll know how to conduct yourself in the house of the living God, which is the church. So now, guess where he dwells? That's Isaiah. Look to your neighbor to the right, look to the neighbor to your left. You just looked at God's dwelling place. Heaven's my throne, there's my footstool, to this man, where's my house, to this man. You have to get in the concept. I was with a student Thursday, and he was looking at this, and I said, well, where, where do you think the Father's house is, and where is he going? And, you know, there's this thought that he's going to go to heaven. But if you look at verse 12, let's go down to 12, let's see where he says he's going right there. He tells us where he's going, let's read 12. Where are you going? I'm going to the Father. And he says that several more times. So it's clear there that uh, the place he's going is the Father. So you could read the verse this way. In my Father's house or in the church are many members, many abodes. I dwell in these people. So in my father 's house, which is a church, there are many members. You just look to the right and left, you just looked at two of the members in the house where God dwells and he said, I would I would have told you and he says, if it were not, so I would have told you for I go to prepare a place for you So where is he going? where's he going to the father to prepare a place for you so The first half of John talks about God, God coming into man, that man. And now the second half of John talks about this man, Jesus, who who was God and now put on humanity to bring that humanity, to bring man into God. That's a mind blower. It's a mind-blower enough to see God coming into man, but now he's going to prepare a place for you. He's going to the Father to take humanity and bring that humanity into God, the Father. Mysterious. God brought divinity into humanity when he was incarnated. Now through his death and resurrection, he's taking that humanity that he put on and bringing that into the Father, and that's where he's going, and that's the place in the Father that he is preparing for us, in the Father. And we have standing in the Father. When that standing is enlarged, when that standing, once he's completed this process, that standing's enlarged to be his house, then we have a dwelling place in the church. There's a place for you in God, And he writes to the Thessalonians, Paul does, the church of Thessalonica, which is in God. So we're in the Father, and the Father's, we have standing in the Father, and when that gets expanded, the church, the believers, are in God. So that dwelling place we have is in God, and his expansion is the church, so we have a dwelling place in the church, which is in God. You got it? You're kind of looking like cross-eyed. Well, this doesn't come easy. Let's keep going. You'll, you'll catch on. Okay, so if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm coming again and will receive you to myself. So if I go, if I go away and prepare a place for you, I'm coming again. So some may think, well, this is the Lord's second advent when he comes back in the future. But no, we're going to see that's not what he's talking about. I'm coming in, and I will receive you to myself, that where I am, and where is he? Where did he go? In the Father. You may also be. And where I'm going, you know the way. Thomas said to him, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Come on. We don't know where you're going, and we don't know the way. Then what did the Lord say? Let's read that next verse 6. I am, come on, Thomas, I'm the way, I'm the reality, I'm the reality. I think some brothers cover this. I'm the reality. Of all the things that you've seen and heard me do, this is a reality. I'm the reality, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. All right, so then 6 through 14... Uh, He says, if you'd known me, you would have known my father also. And henceforth, you know him and have seen him. So now he's bringing the father into the discussion uh, about knowing him. If you'd known me, you would have known my father also. And then Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it's sufficient for us. Jesus said to him, "Have have I been so long a time with you and you've not known me, Philip? He who has seen me, okay, catch this one, here we come, has seen the father. How's it you say, show us the Father? I've been so long time with you. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. <laughs> what do you mean, show us the Father? If you've seen me, you've seen my Father. Mysterious, huh? How's it you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father? Come on, uh, uh, read. Come on up here. Don't you believe that I am in the Father? Don't you believe that? And the Father is in me? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? That's what it's saying, isn't it? Read it for yourself. Don't you believe that? Okay. But if not, if you don't believe that, if you can't handle that, then believe because of the works themselves. I knew I just blew your circuits, but just believe because of the works, if you can't handle that. Oh, boy. Okay, then truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes into me the works which I do, he shall do also. And greater than these he shall do, because I am going to the Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. If you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. Okay, so this little, you can put a bracket around 6 through 14. This is the Father embodied in the Son. Okay, the Father is embodied in the Son and seen among, among the believers. And that is in verse nine. Have I been so time along so long a time with you? I've been so long a time with you. Three and a half years I've been with you. I've been with you three and a half years. Sorry, I'm leaving. But I've been with you, I've been among you. Okay. Fifteen says, If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another—you can underline that—another comforter that He may be with you forever. I'm leaving. I'm asking the Father for another comforter that He'll be with you. How long? Ever, forever. I'm work this out. He'll be with you forever. Even, let's all read 17 together. This is a comforter, the spirit of reality, that make me so real to you, the spirit of reality, who, whom the world can't receive because it does not behold him or know him, but you know him, the spirit of reality, because the spirit of reality abides with you and shall be in you. He abides with you. Here I am talking to you. You know him. You know him, Reed, the spirit of reality, because he, you behold him and he abides with you. The spirit of reality. <laughs> Who do you think he's talking about? Yeah? Where? He says, I will, leave you, I will not leave you as orphans, and then I am coming to you. He abides with you and shall be among you. I've been among you. I've been with you all this time. But he abides with you. He abides with you. The spirit of reality abides with you. Here I am, your disciple, and I will be in you. Okay? That's what he's saying, the spirit of reality. I've been among you. You've got to make the contrast. I've been among you. But you behold the spirit of reality, you know him. Then I will not leave your orphans. I am coming to you. So circle the second eye. I am coming to you. I am coming to you, that I. And he abides with you and shall be in you. Circle, he abides with you and shall be in you. I am coming to you. Very mysterious. Another comfort of the spirit of reality. He's coming. Actually, you're beholding him. You know him. I won't leave you our friends. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm coming to you. I'm going. I'm leaving you. I'm leaving you. I've been among you. I've been among you. I'm leaving you. But I'm coming to you. <laughs> Here I am. The spirit of reality. (laughs) I'm leaving you. His leaving, his leaving was through death and resurrection. Death and resurrection transfigured as a spirit. (sighs) (laughs) And that very day he breathed into him and said... Receive the Holy Spirit. (laughs) That's what the Bible says. I'm just reading you the Bible. Why are you laughing? (laughs) Brothers and sisters, among us is one thing. In us, life's indwelling. So far, he's been among these people. He... He wants to get in. You don't, Do you realize how badly He wants to get into man? To give man life. Not just take away man's sin, but to give man everything. Chris, I want to get in you! I, Chris! It's good to be among you. I want to get in you. I want a house. I want a home. I'm tired of being homeless. All around Austin, these homeless people. God's homeless without Chris. Chris, get ready, bro. I'm coming at you. I don't want to just be among you. I want a dwelling place in you. Among, I want to dwell you as a spirit. He could not get in them in the physical form. Can't do it. But he wants to get in. Let me illustrate this way. Melon. Right here. Chris. All the riches. I've been among you. You've been appreciating. You've been watching. But I want to get in you. You don't know how badly I want to get in you. I want a home. Eventually, I'm gonna, I am want to marry you. I'm lonely. I'm homeless. Chris, i got to get in you. Open up, Chris. Come on. Yeah, he's a bread of life. He's eatable, drinkable. Uh, let's have a little melon. Let's go. Okay. Ah, I can't do it. Okay, okay, I'm going. I'm leaving. You behold me. You know me. You know who I am. I won't leave your orphans. I'm going. I'm coming to you. I'll be in you. Okay? I'll be in you. You're going to join me. Goodbye. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going. been processed. I went through a process through death and resurrection. Now, Chris, open up, Chris. I want to be in you. Come on. Come on, Chris. I want to be in you. Take a bite. (laughs) Watermelon juice. That's me. You like it? Take some more. You like it? You like it? That's me. I've got to leave you. Don't be troubled. I'm coming to you. I'm going through process so I can be transfigured. And as a spirit, come inside of you. Watermelon juice. I'm lamella. I'm a fool. I'm full. I'm so full. But you can't take me. Until I go away and come back, I process, like in the knife, just, I killed that watermelon, it resurrected, and now, boom, bye bite. You starting to catch on? Okay, so I will not leave your orphans. I'm coming to you. A little while, and the world beholds me no longer. I'm on verse 19. You behold me because I live. You shall also live. I live. You shall also live. I'm the living bread. I am the living bread which came down out of heaven. If anyone, if anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread, and the bread which I will give, will give is my flesh. Given for, given for the life, life of the whole world, I am the living bread, which came down out of heaven, if anyone, if anyone eats of this bread, he shall live forever. Live forever. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to have this life forever. Can you believe? Oh, I can believe. I believe. What an awesome deal. We got him forever, ever. All the riches, the sweet watermelon juice, the spirit. Okay, then we get to um, he who uh, has my commandments. Why don't you read that one? Yeah, so he wants to be in us. You got that. Not among, but in. Now he's talking about if you keep my word and you love me. So that's why we handed out that little blue schedule for you. Reading the word, you keep my word. It's hard to keep the word if you don't know the word or read the word. And probably a lot of you are on some Bible reading schedule. That's great. This one is a suggestion. If you're not on a reading schedule, then we suggest you get on one. And this one happens to start tomorrow. And it will take you all the way through the New Testament by the end of August, which means the beginning of another school year. That's why it's synced with the beginning of the uh, the fall semester. So we can start again. And the ones we meet, all the freshmen we're going to meet this summer, they're going to read the Gospel of John with us. Then they come to UT and they start then reading the whole New Testament with us. And that's how we can keep his commandment if we know it. So we'd encourage all of you. To get into his word, to get the living bread, we have to come to the word like you did this morning, prayer of the word, take in his living word. You'll keep my commandment, and it says, love me. What verse are we on? Uh, where'd it go? 22? 21. Yeah, uh, you'll love me. You'll, he is the one who keeps my commandment. He is the one that loves me. So the loving of the Lord, and we will come, and I will love him and manifest myself. So if we want the manifestation, if we want the watermelon, the juice, the spirit, we have to keep his word, read his word, and uh, listen to his voice in the word. So that's just a practical help. If you want to enjoy the spirit, practically, the word, he mentions keeping his word. So we want to read the word. So you have down through um, 21 through 24, you have the triune God. And when we say triune God, we mean the Trinity, the Father, the Son, the Spirit, making their abode with them. So let's read uh, 20, 22, uh, why don't you read 22 sisters, 23 brothers, 24 sisters. Go sisters, 22. Okay, good. These things I've spoken to you while abiding with you. But the comforter, let's all read 26. He's he's bringing up the spirit again. Same chapter. Again, he wants to bring in these last hours to fill them in. This other comforter, let's read 26. Okay, and then uh, he says, um, peace I leave with you, and then 28, what's that one? Read 28. You have heard that I said to you. I am going away, and I am coming to
0: you. If you love me, you will rejoice, I am to my Father, for the Father is greater
1: than I Okay. And then he says, "I'll no longer." Twenty-nine talks about. I told you before it happens. When it happens, you'll believe. I'll no longer be with what's you. With you, uh, the ruler is coming and has nothing in me. And that finishes out uh, that one. Uh, so he says, um, "Where was the verse that I'm in you and you're in me?" Uh, I think I skipped it. Twenty. So twenty, he says, "In that day, you'll know that I'm in the Father, and you and me, like we illustrated, I'm in the Father." I'm in the Father, so one more. I'm in the Father, and you're in me. So you're in me. You're in me, Jesus, and I'm in the Father, and you're in me. No, I'm in you. So I'm, you're in me, and I'm in you, and we're in the Father. This is called a mutual abode. You see the mutuality? You're in me, and I'm in the Father. I'm in the Father and here, and I'm in you. You're in me, I'm in the Father, and I'm in you. Who's abiding in who? Mutual. Mutual abode. Chapter 14 is on the mutual abiding. He wants to get in man, and he wants man to be in him. You got it? That's what he wants. He's talking about, I'm leaving you, I've been among you. What I want to happen is I want to get in you, and I want you in me. This is my desire. So I have to go away and come back to the Spirit so I can accomplish this. So that's 14. Now, 15 is the organism of the triune God. Organism means something living in the divine dispensing. Dispensing is just distributing, just like I distributed the watermelon. I dispensed the watermelon into Chris and Reed. So it's just the dispensing, the transmitting of what his life is into the believers. So now we have chapter 15. Same conversation, continuing, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes it away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it, that it may bear more fruit. You're already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Then look at this, based on 14, let's all read 4 and 5. They abide in me, and I in you. So he's, built, he's, he's shown that in chapter 14. Now 15, he's expanding it. This, this will cause there to be an organism. I'm living. I will cause you to be living. This is a living organism. I'm the vine. My father's husband. You're the branches. If I had a vine up here, it would be hard to distinguish between the branch and the, the trunk of the vine. It's, it's just one continual stem, right? It's one organism. So this organism, there's a mutual abiding, and it's for a purpose. What is the purpose of a vine? You don't see houses. This isn't built out of vine wood. You don't make musical instruments out of vine wood. You eat the grapes. It's for producing fruit. So based on the abiding, he wants there to be some extension, some expression, some fruit. The reason for his indwelling is not that it would just remain with you, Kyle, but guess what, Kyle? What? What's chapter 50, What's he talking to you about, Kyle? Have you been paying attention? Wake up! Yeah, you're. I'm the vine, right? I'm the vine. Come on. I'm the vine, and you are the branch. Let's see. You're the branch. Abide in me, and I in you, that you may what? Bear much fruit. There's some. Here, here's a little piece of fruit here. I'm in you. I just 14. I'm in you. Now this organism is for a purpose. That it would bear much fruit. Much fruit. Come over to this. Here's this red. I'm the vine. And you're the branches. That you would bear much fruit. You got it? I'm abiding in you, you're abiding in me, we're both in the father, fathers in you, all that good mutual abiding. That you would what, Kyle? Fair much proof. Louder. Very much fruit. Louder. Very much fruit. Yeah, I got it. Okay. So the purpose of the organism of a vine—he picked a vine. He didn't pick uh, a pine tree or. And Jackie, Jackie's got a little testimony about some that have been born. You wanna? Can I just come back there, Jackie? Or? How about you pass this down
2: and I'll walk Hi everyone yes I am a sophomore at UT my name is Jackie and so my freshman year of, high, of college is when I met the Saints at UT and so my first year I was enjoying the, just enjoying the lore and drinking the living water that was flowing out of other believers. But it was until the summer when I was, um, like, that living water was flowing also out of me to other students. So I did the summer internship, and I met several students. One of them is here. Her name is Viviana. I don't know where she is at. Um, So she's one of the, she's over there. So I met her in the summer. She was really open. She went to all the Bible studies and all the events that we had. And then we, did the, we read the Gospel of John together during the summer. And when school started, she started going to Bible studies and just to all the meetings that we had, to home meetings. And so it's just really good to see how the Lord has been working in her. And last semester, she came to the college conference, and she was baptized. And she's still here enjoying the Lord. And also last spring semester, at the, during finals week, I was uh, talking with one of my friends just about finals and like all the things that we had to study. And I don't know how, we just started talking about the Lord. So my friend's Karina, she's here. And so I started sharing with her about my experience of the Lord with Christian students on campus. And how just coming to UT and meeting this group of students like really changed my life. So I was just sharing with her like the Lord was using me to speak to Karina. So then she told me that she wanted to have that same experience, that she was seeking the Lord. So it was already, like, the end of the semester. So she told me that she wanted to go to the Christian students on campus um, events that we had. So I told her, well, you have to wait until, like, next semester. And so during the fall semester, at the beginning, like, I told her, like, oh, we're having, like, this Bible studies and, like, all the things that we had. So she started going and she has been with us, like, meeting with us in home meetings, going on Lord's Day to the meetings, just, like, everything that we have. She came to the college conference last semester. and She's still here. She was baptized in November, and it's just really good to see also, like, all that the Lord is doing and how, like, He can use us to gain others. Also, another experience that I had last semester, um, I was in the computer lab in the dorm that I live, and so, I was just printing out some stuff and then I heard there was this student, her name is Maria, she's here. And (laughs) so I don't know, she was speaking with another student and I just I don't know why like the Lord was just speaking to me and he was telling me like go and speak to her, like invite her to the ministry series that we have on Thursday. And I was just like, no, Lord, like, I don't want to do that. Like, I'm doing my homework. Like, I don't even know her. I'm not going to go and talk to her. So, like, I don't know. My heart just kept beating, like, really fast. And I was like, Lord, no, like, I don't want to do it. Like, I don't know her. I don't like to talk, like, with other people. I don't even know what to tell her. So I was just, like, really scared. And the more I kept telling myself, like, no, I'm not going to talk to her, the more, like, the Lord was speaking to me, the more. My heart was beating, like, I don't know, my heart was just beating really fast. I was like, okay, Lord, like, I'll do it. But, like, I don't know what I'm supposed to tell her. So then I was like, okay, I'm just, I am just got, like, a piece of paper, and I wrote, like, Christian students on campus, ministry series, and, like, the place where we meet, the time. And on the back, I wrote my name and my phone number. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to go and, like, introduce myself to her and, like, invite her. And I was just like, well, Lord, like, you have to be the one doing this. Like, I don't know what to do. So yeah, then I went and like just gave her that paper and like introduced myself to her. And she actually told me like, oh yeah, like I've heard about this. My roommate uh, goes to like this meeting. So I was like, oh really, like who's your roommate? And so it was Vivian, so i was like, here. (laughs) And so, (laughs) so I was like, oh, okay. And then like, I just didn't know what to say. So I was like, well, I hope to see you there. And then like I left. And then I told Vivian, like, oh, I met your roommate. And so I told her, like, about what happened, how, like, the Lord was, like, speaking to me to speak to her. So, it was, like, you should just remind her about the ministry series and all the events that we had. Like, just keep inviting her. And then I also told, like, like, I shared with some of the sisters um, about what happened, and we all prayed for Maria. And then, like, I don't know, I just didn't see her. I forgot about her. But then several <laughs> weeks later... <laughs> Um, Several weeks later, like, I was on Lord's Day at the meeting, and I saw her. So I was like, wow, Lord, like, she's here. Like, wow, I was just, like, really impressed. So that just really showed me, like, how we need to respond to the Lord's calling. Like, if he's telling us to speak to someone, like, to say something, like, we need to do it. We need to obey his word, like, his speaking. So, yeah, and, like, there's a verse that I want to share with you all. It's Matthew ten, nineteen and twenty. Do not be anxious about how or what you should speak, for it will be given to you in that hour what you should speak, for you're not the one speaking, but the spirit of your father is the one speaking in you. So we don't need to worry about what are we gonna say, what are we gonna do. Like it's just we just need to turn to the Lord and allow him to work in us and just to speak through us.
1: So go ahead and read uh, the rest of verses up to eleven, from uh, six to eleven, out loud. Go. Your joy may be what made full. My joy may be in you, and your joy may be made full through fruit bearing. And then this next section, twelve through seventeen, you can just bracket that. Uh, this is related to uh, uh, the branches loving one another. So you're not on the, you're not by yourself, Kyle. You're not a lone branch, a lone ranger. You got others. You got other students. You got uh, maybe some older ones. You got some somebody. The Lord will give you because the branches are corporate. There's there's many branches. You're the branches. All the believers are the branches. So when we have this love among the, the branches, look at that number 12. This is my commandment that you love one another. So now he's talking about the relationship among the branches. And he concludes this section with 17, the things, I've command, the things I command you that you may, these things, sorry, I command you that you may love one another. And right in the middle of that, sandwiches 16, which is a famous verse. Let's all read that one. Your fruit would remain. So I set you, I think you're familiar with the verse, that you would bear fruit and that fruit would remain. So that's what glorifies the Father is not just fruit but remaining fruit. And that's accomplished through the love of the branches, loving one another and transmitting the divine life. So there's a condition of love, there's a nature, it's uh, the divine life, and the result is what? The goal, the purpose of the branches, what? Bear fruit. Good. So this is the f- discussion he's having with his disciples, the eleven, that you would bear fruit. He wants them to be fruitful and multiply. This fruit is the expression of the divine life, this flowing in this organism. It's expressed by fruit. That's how we know that the, the vine's alive and that it, it, it's reaching its maturity, is there's fruit on that vine. And that fruit is delicious to, when it's people, uh, the, the organism, divine organism, it's food to God and it's food to man. We've down, been down at UTPA and uh, sharing with some students down there and actually some came to this conference. Uh, UTPA, right? That's Pan Am down in uh, Edinburgh and the Lord is moving there. There's fruit there and the Lord wants that fruit to remain and it's very sweet tasting. It's, t- it's very tasty to God. That's God's food. He enjoys Romans tells us he enjoys the, the food, the, the laboring priest to offer up to him. These, these ones that were sinners and now they're sons of God, it brings him much joy, and then that brings us much joy, so his joy is in us, and our joy is, be, is made full through the fruit bearing. Then you have the last half of the chapter, which we uh, think we'll just skip over. That's where the uh, relationship with the world. So this organism is very healthy and it's fruit producing but there's some opposition to that the world will oppose it Uh, even the religious world if you read the details in the verses they'll hate it and persecute it so don't be surprised when you're enjoying the lord and you're drinking the spirit and enjoying the fellowship that somebody in the world is gonna hate you this really bothered me when i got to the campus and i was enjoying the fellowship with the brothers and i'd found my home i was so happy I just felt, Lord, Hallelujah! This is where this is a place you prepared for me. I'm home. And I was uh, I was liked in high school. I mean, I, I was, you know, maybe a little kinder than Mike to people. So they, you know, and I had friends, and you know, I wasn't used to people hating me, and then speaking things against me that were not true. That was just like, what? You don't know what you're talking about. But that, he says that's going to happen. So don't count it strange. It happened to me. It probably will happen to you. If you're abiding in this organism and you're bearing fruit and enjoying, and the Lord's enjoying that fruit, somebody's not going to like that. And probably there'll be something said that's not pleasant. But don't be bothered because he told us beforehand. That's just confirmation. Okay, so let's, skip, let's go on to chapter 16 there which is 16.5, uh, and this is the last section uh, on John 14, 15, 16, the work. Let's read uh, Roman numeral five, 4. Okay, this is his last, uh, last discussion, uh, part of the discussion. He's not actually introducing anything new. 14 was on abiding, mutual abiding. 15 was on this organism. This abiding produces fruit. You follow his, his thought here? This, this abiding, something comes out of this abiding to expand me, to, to, uh, to produce fruit for others, to produce fruit that would, would be offered to God. So you, you understand? So now this is not something new he's introducing here. He's just showing, he's supplementing 14 and 15 and showing how he works that out. So this is the Spirit's work. Actually, when we go on the campuses and we're speaking to people, we might be speaking the words, read, but it's the Spirit who's working. We have to see it's not us, it's the Spirit. Jackie, when your heart was throbbing and you didn't know what to do, that was the Spirit in you. That's the watermelon juice rising up, wanting to flow out into Maria. And Maria got baptized today. Right, Maria? Where are you? Hallelujah, Maria. There she is. Freshly baptized. By the way, if you want to be baptized, you didn't miss your chance, you can do it tomorrow. Did y'all enjoy that section of baptism and the message you, you shared this morning? Oh, the guys did an awesome job on on that section. If we had another hour, I'd talk to you about it, but we don't. Okay, so this is the work of the Spirit consummating, resulting in the mingling. It's the result the mingling of divinity and humanity has been going on in fourteen. This is the the organism at 15, so it's not something new, not a new concept. It's just the way it's going to be accomplished. The Spirit is going to work this out to consummate it, to bring it to its fruition. And so he says, but now I'm going to him. Verse 5, who sent me, and none of you asked me where you're going. But because I've spoken these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. I tell you the truth, it's expedient. For you that I go away. If I do not go away, the comforter will not come to you, but I will go. But if I go, I will send him to you. We just illustrated that. You follow? Same, same thing. He's telling them again. And then this is the work of the Spirit. And when he comes, that's the spirit of reality, the comforter, the spirit, what will he do? In verse 8, let's all read 8. And then 19, no, 9, 10, 11, go. So he's going to convict the world concerning these three things. Sin, this is the work of the Spirit. So when we're on the campus and we're abiding in this organism, and this organism wants to bear fruit, the spirit is operating us, and the spirit is working, especially we pray. We pray, right? Little groups, prayer, twos, and threes, and that releases the spirit's operation. And so we speak to people, and it's the spirit that's working to convict them of their sin. He's working. So it, it, it's through the branches, but it's the Spirit. That's how he's working this out. The Spirit is convicting people because of sin. And then because of righteousness and because of judgment. So the Spirit is working and convicting. Here's a sinner. Okay, let's take you. Is it Matt? Come on, Matt. So you're speaking. You might be speaking to Matt. And while you're speaking... You don't see it, but inside, they are being touched by the Spirit about their sin, and they're apart from God. They don't have God. It's the Spirit moving, because they are in Adam, and the Lord wants to bring them from Adam, convict them of, of their sin. So here's the realm, right here, this line. This is the realm of Adam. All were born in Adam. Born blind, Right? And so the Spirit is operating to convict them of their sins so they would exit that. They would believe in the Lord Jesus and and be transferred from the realm of sin to the realm of righteousness, which is Christ. The Lord lived a righteous life. He went to the Father, and now we can be transferred into Him. So out of sin and into Christ concerning righteousness, right? So now he's transferred where Christ is his righteousness. And over here in Adam, there's judgment. And that judgment, the Bible tells us, is for the devil. It's not for man. God did not intend judgment to come on man. He wants to save man, Satan deceived man, the devil, the dragon, and we partook of sin. And so now we face that judgment unless we get transferred unless the Spirit convicts us of our sin and brings us into the righteous one, then we exit judgment, and Satan over here gets a judgment. So he, the Spirit convicts the world concerning sin. We transfer it into righteousness and concerning judgment. That judgment is for Satan. So he gets judged, the sinners get delivered out of that judgment and into Christ. So the Spirit's working to do this. While you're speaking to that person, this is what the Spirit's operating, convicting, and leading them out of that realm of darkness into the righteous realm, and leaving that judgment for Satan. Hallelujah! The judgment was on your head. It wasn't intended for you, but we got tricked. We got, he, he bamboozled us. But Christ came, and you spoke to him, and we got transferred into Christ, and Satan gets the judgment. You see the Spirit working? You got it, Matt? Yes, okay, good. Okay, and then he goes on again in 12. Uh, I have yet many things to say to you, but you can't hear them now. i got more things to tell you. I've already blown your circuits. i got more to tell you, but I can't tell you now. But listen, but when he, the spirit of reality, comes, and that's now, that's today, the spirit of reality, he will guide you into all the reality. For he will not speak from himself, but what he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are coming. He will glorify me, and he will receive of mine, and will declare it to you. And look at this. Let's all read 15. So he's going to glorify the Son by revealing him with the fullness of the Father to the believers. All the Father has is mine. All the Father has, come on, read. All the Father has, I'm the Father. All the Father has. All I have is his. Everything I have, whole thing is his. All, all, all that I have, Father's mine. For this reason I've said to you, He receives of mine. The Spirit then receives of mine. Here. Okay, this is the Lord speaking. All that I have, all that the Father has is mine. For this reason I've said that He receives, He the Spirit receives of mine, and He will declare it to you. You get, the whole, you get the whole package. The fullness of the triune God will be declared by the Spirit of reality to you. Nothing left out. Good job. Okay, so that's the second. The Spirit is working two ways to convict the world, to get us out of Adam, out of sin, into Christ, out of the judgment, and then to deliver the goods. All the Father has, all the Son has is in the Spirit. Now, boom, I'm in you. The Spirit got in. You got it. You got it? Okay, so maybe we can uh, trim off the, again, in 17, he says, uh, a little while, let's see, some of the disciples then said to one another, what is this he says to us, a little while, and you'll behold me, and again, a little while, and you'll see me because I go to the Father. And then he talks about a, a woman giving birth, that's like the disciples. His a parable. The disciples are like the woman. It's going to be sorrowful. I'm going to leave you. You're going to be upset. You're going to be sad. You're going to be anxious, but don't be bothered, because when the child comes talking about himself, this is verse 21. She no longer remembers the affliction because of the joy that a man has been born into the world. So Christ. Resur- death and resurrection was like a birth to him. If you read Acts, uh, you can write this down, 1333. His resurrection was a birth. This was a birth, God coming into him, God coming into man, that was a birth of Jesus Christ. Him going through death and resurrection, bringing man into God, is also a birth. And that's also our birth. He brought humanity into divinity. You're looking at me cross eyed. Yeah you don't get it this is a birth his resurrection was a birth to him okay all right let's go down to number uh 5 real quick we got just a few minutes left these are some ways to drink the spirit or to abide the way uh, you could just uh scratch out some way or how about the ways to drink the spirit and abide in him how about you just add that drink the spirit Okay, so now there's practical handles. We just got a few minutes left. We got the indwelling spirit. Got it? You all have it. You all have the indwelling spirit. But do you have, come on, do you got rivers? Hey, all the rivers stand up and turn around. We got a question for you. I know you got milk, but do you got rivers? You see these? These are the Lubbock drinkers. Hey, who's your drinking buddy? Right here? Okay, everybody needs a drinking buddy. you got to drink the Spirit. you got to have rivers. Out of your innermost being, what's your verse say? 738, quote it for me. You're wearing the shirt. What's your verse say? Come on, come on. Look it up real quick. I want all of you to read that verse to me. Come on. Let's look it up. Come on, let's get it. Come on. Okay. Go, go, go. Of living water. Out of the innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This he spoke about the? Spirit. Spirit, Which was not yet because he hadn't been glorified. Remember? The Spirit's not yet, but I'm going to go by and come back. And now the Spirit is? And rivers (laughs) of living water will flow. You got it? Okay, how do we help this river flow? So this is practical. Let's read what Isaiah says. Uh, Actually, if you have Isaiah... Uh, chapter 12 verse 2 listen to this verse I didn't put it on there but it says 2 says 12 2 says God is now my salvation I will trust and not dread for Jah Jehovah is my strength and song and he has become my salvation then verse 3 says what read it okay and then then you'll draw water We're going to do some drawing. You'll draw water out of the springs of salvation. So Jehovah is a spring. Jehovah means, in our day, it's Jesus. Jesus means Jehovah the Savior, or the salvation of Jesus. Every time you say Jesus, it's Jesus my Savior, or the salvation of Jesus. Let's all say Jesus. Jesus. That's Jehovah your Savior. So you're being saved when you call that name. So he's a spring. Of water, of salvation, but you have to draw water out of the spring. Here's a spring right here of water, of salvation, but you got to get it. You have to cause these rivers to flow. So Isaiah gives us six buckets of how to get the water. And bucket number one is therefore, you'll draw water with rejoicing, and you will say in that day, give, give thanks or praise the Lord. So one way to get the water is to give thanks. Come here, Matt. You be first. Give thanks. Put your thing down. So to draw water, if you want to get the Spirit in you, here's a bucket. Thanking the Lord. You just failed a test. Thank you, Lord. I should have studied more. But you'll never fail me. Hallelujah. Or something went your way. Thank you, Lord. Something didn't go your way. Thank you. Thank the Lord. That is a way to take your bucket. And when you thank the Lord, here, say, thank you, Lord. Water of salvation. Water of salvation. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, is a way to drink the spirit. (laughs) Bucket number one. Keep your bucket. Guy giving thanks. What's the next Bucket. Call. Call upon his name. Call upon his name. No, just turn around. Keep your bucket up. Yeah, okay, here. You're going to be bucket number two. Call on his name. Isaiah Isaiah said, Call on his name. If you want to get the salvation, if you want salvation, if you want the flow of the Spirit, then you have to call on the name of Jesus. So calling, Lord Lord Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, so come on. Lord Jesus. More salvation, right? So there's another bucket, calling. If you call on the Lord's name, you will receive the salvation. Remember, you're calling Jesus my Savior. So that's bucket number two. Bucket number three, what is it? Isaiah, tell us. What's your bucket number three? Make his deeds known. Make his deeds known. So this bucket... You're taking thanks. You're thanking. You're thanking the Lord. That's a precious way. Thank you, Lord. Calling on His name, you're getting filled with His name, his, Himself. And then you want to make, de- make known His deeds among the people. Something's going to flow out of you. And when you speak, like uh, Jackie spoke to Maria, what happened, Jackie? She took a drink. Salvation. She got saved. Amen. Making known His deeds. To the people, right? What did did Isaiah say? Make his deeds known among the peoples. Who's going to make his deeds known at UT? What campus are you? Lubbock, Tech, A&M. Who's going to make make known the deeds? The Lord came. He's incarnated. He died. He resurrected. He can be your Savior. Who's going to tell them? Are the professors telling them? Or Or is the football team telling them? Who's going to tell them? Who's going to make known the deeds among the people? That's the way to drink the salvation. To take a bucket and drink. That's bucket number three. Bucket number four. Exalt him. There's the highest name above every name. Exalt him. Come on. Exalt him. Jesus. Amen. Exalt him. Exalt, make his name known. Exalt him. Go ahead and take a little drink. When you exalt Jesus, what's the verse say? Remind them that his name is exalted. Remind them that his name is the highest name. It's not the president of the university, it's not Obama. It's Jesus. His name is exalted. You have to remind them. Sometime I'll be at the cash register going to the airport. And I'll be making a transaction. I said, oh, don't forget. They go, forget what? His name is exalted. I just say, i say, don't forget, let's forget what. Jesus is Lord. And a lot of times a big smile will come on their face. Sometimes I go, what? <laughs> but I remind them. I have to remind them that his name's exalted. Is his name exalted? Yes. Is it exalted? Yes. You have to remind them that his name is exalted. When you remind them that his name is exalted, guess what's going to happen? Why are you being rebellious? <laughs> okay, here's a great one. Come on. Singing. Did you enjoy the singing tonight? When we were singing, I got rivers life flowing within me. Started gushing when I set me free. The flow is I only. Keep the flow. I got rivers life flowing within me. Spring up, the well. Within my spirit, rise up and tell, 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 so all can hear it. Bring up a well within my spirit. wife abundantly. That's a great way to draw water. This is a duo here. You two stick together. Okay, then finally, what does he say? Cry out. Give a ringing shout. Not just, oh Lord. A ringing shout. That means ringing, echoing. Give a ringing shout. Cry out. Jesus! How can you do that sitting down? Everybody stand up. Oh, Jesus! Oh,
0: Jesus! 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 (laughs)
1: Jesus! <laughs> Crying out and shouting. Yes. Guess what's going to happen? You may be down, depressed, but if you'll cry out and shout, Jesus! Oh, hallelujah! Amen. Try it. Draw water out of the springs of salvation. So bucket number one. What? no give thanks there's really no order you just do whatever comes thanks then what come on you gotta raise your bucket up thanks call no remind them exalted sing hallelujah hallelujah Jesus is Lord okay we're out of time Break up, boys. There you go, see? Go, Robert, go, go. Okay. Okay, we got to stop. How about a few testimonies? We can take a minute. How about we have about five minutes of overflow? We need to stop here, but we can go a minute. Speaking, if we finish the outline, speaking. Uh, confessing. There's a lot of ways to get this flow. So how about we have about uh, five or ten come up and just share something real quick.